Hi, thanks for joining us here at Rose Quartz Mediumship Podcast, where we love to talk about anything and everything metaphysically based. Today, I'm going to tell a story from my reopening process. And occasionally I have people ask why I say reopening or opening. And that's really because I was born a medium. I think everybody is born a medium. I think as children, we are very open to spirit and engage with spirit in a really beautiful manner. And then typically most of us have some process of shutting down engagement with spirit at some phase of our life. And then something happens. There's a catalyst that kind of reopens us to our spiritual opening and awakening and engaging with spirit. And so if you hear me say reopening, I am talking about the time in my 30s where everything kind of shifted and changed and opened and magnified for me. So today I'm going to tell a story connected to that. Earlier in this podcast, I talked about the fact that I was going through a divorce and I was dating a gentleman who had a a brother who had died. And as part of that process of engaging with his brother, the spirit of his brother, he really wanted a lot of proof. This metaphysics, uh, spirituality was all really outside of his comfort zone and something that he, I would say, he wasn't asking for and didn't like at all. (laughs) I guess that's the way that I would say it. So he just wanted endless amounts of feedback about the fact that I was engaging with his brother. And one day I was driving to an appointment and Doug reached over and changed a song that was playing. And I messaged the gentleman who I was dating and told him about it. And he wrote me back a text that was unpleasant, I guess is the phrase I'd use, and basically said, I'm sick of these kinds of examples. I want a very clear, non-negotiable example. And I felt teary. I was tired. The opening process is not always comfortable. And... I was fatigued, you know, I was waking up almost every day, engaging with spirit, trying to understand my relationship with spirit and the way in which I meet spirit and work with spirit and co-create with spirit. And so I was driving to this appointment and... Let me just pause and say that on my way, before I had left, I had told my partner that there was something behind the dresser, and I didn't specify what was behind the dresser, 
We both knew that he had been missing a pin that was his brother's for about two and a half years. And this was long before I uh, was dating him. He had lost the pin. The pin was his brother's and he would wear it to every big family event or anything that was important in his life. He would wear it as a way of bringing his brother's energy into that space. And he'd lost the pin. And that's really something you can't replace, right? And so I'd gotten this message that the pin was behind the dresser. I didn't specify that it was the pin, but we both knew that that was what I was talking about. And so I told him earlier in the day, when you get home from work, look behind the dresser. And so I'm driving to this appointment. Doug had reached out and changed the song that was playing. I text my partner about it. He texted back saying something unpleasant along the lines of, I'm so sick of this. I want examples that mean something really clearly to me. And so I got to my appointment and Doug was sitting next to me in the car and said, police. And I'm horrible absolutely horrible at remembering the names of songs so this is not a good example for me it's it's definitely something that I struggle with in all of my life not just around engagement with spirit but I I cannot remember the names of songs I guess maybe it's not that important to me and so it's not something that I hold on to I'm not sure but I did know the police because when I was little, my dad used to play the records in our house, you know, the crackly old records, and he had so many police records, and they were my favorite. And I knew all this, the, the lyrics and adored the police because when I was growing up, my dad was really passionate about the police. So I thought, yes, this is something I can do, the police. And, and then he kind of moved his hand sideways as if to say clear you know and I thought okay and then he started playing a song for me and I could not come up with the name of it but I knew that when I was in high school my brother had played it in a concert with a band that he was part of and so when I got to my appointment I called my mom and I said Mom, do you remember the name of the song that goes like this? And I started singing it to her and I said, Jesse played it and there was a kid with a saxophone in his band. My mom said, yeah, that's Nirvana, Come As You Are. And I said, okay, great, thanks. And I hung up the phone. And so I'm sitting in the parking lot at this appointment and I just have a couple of moments before I have to go in. And so I type to my partner and I say, police, sent it. And again, Doug made it clear that there was a, a pause or a clear. And then he said, the guitar section will mean something to you and dad. And so I relayed that and then put Nirvana, come as you are. I went into my appointment and had my appointment, came out, checked my phone, and 
he was absolutely ecstatic. And, you know, the phone rang and he said, Aaron, are you kidding me? I think there was an additional word in there. And my ears were buzzing and ringing and there's a high-pitched ring in my ears. I knew that there was something that had just really happened. My body was very calm. Everything had relaxed inside of my body and at the same time was tingling. And it was like the whole world paused. This is really the only way that I know how to explain it is that time just stopped for a moment for me. And I recognized in that moment of silence that something was really different, that there was something around that message that shifted something for my partner. And so he called me and and he said, Aaron, I was learning to play my guitar and I was playing Nirvana's Come As You Are on my guitar the day that the police came and told my parents that my brother was dead and my dad walked into the bedroom and I was sitting playing that song and I wanted to show him the song and he was trying to tell me that my brother was dead. And it was the defining moment where he said, you talk to dead people as if this was something I hadn't been trying to articulate to him. And I said, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I talk to dead people. That's a thing. It's, it's a real thing. And... A little bit went by and he called me back and he said, Aaron, I, I got home and I checked behind the dresser and the pin wasn't there. There was something else that was there. The pin wasn't there. And he was not somebody who I interrupted, but he was talking and Doug was talking over him. And so I interrupted him and I said, because Doug was saying to me, I didn't say dresser, I said where he gets dressed from. And again, you have to remember that mediumship is a form of art. It's not science. It's a form of art. And so when you're receiving messages, sometimes there's context or contextual issues there. So he was trying to tell me the back left-hand corner of where he gets dressed from. In other words, the closet, right? But the way that I had received it was the back of the dresser. So Doug is speaking over and, and really kind of yelling at me at this point in time, saying, I didn't say the dresser. I said the back left-hand side of where he gets dressed from. I was like, the closet, right? The closet. And so I interrupted him and I said, it's the back left-hand side of the closet. And there was this pause and I listened to my partner looking for the pin. And 
the the noise that he made is something that I won't probably ever forget because he found the pin. And this is something that he'd been looking for for two and a half years. And so in a matter of less than an hour, you know, he had asked for really concrete examples of spirit communication. And he got the name of the song that he was playing on his guitar when his dad walked in after the police had been there to tell him that his brother was dead. And he got the pin back. And I got validation. And it's a funny thing. It wasn't until recently that I told this story a little bit differently. I used to always say, he needed lots of validation. He needed lots of validation. He needed lots of validation. And he did. That's true. There is so much truth in that statement. And the other side of that, the part where I take personal responsibility for my reality is that I needed that amount of validation. The only reason I had somebody in my reality that just kept telling me it wasn't good enough was because I needed that. I needed to feel so solid in my relationship with spirit that this is how I got it. And life is funny. You can say, I want to have a really clear, reciprocal relationship with spirit. And I don't care what it takes to get there. And then when you're in the moment of it, right? In the moments of it, where you are experiencing the uncomfortable growth. It's in those moments that we'd like to place blame on somebody else. But the reality is, is that I needed that validation. I needed a partner who wasn't going to believe me and who was going to press every button I had around mediumship to make me stand really solidly in who I am and what my relationship with spirit is and be able to communicate on a, on a very high level. And so I no longer say that he needs that. And he did. He did need that. This was outside of his comfort zone. But the reality is, is that I needed that. And it was uncomfortable. And one of the most beautiful things that I've gone through. And every time that he said no, or I want more, it's not good enough. I grew and I stood more solidly in me. So that is the story of the pin and the song. And I really appreciate you being here with us here at Rose Quartz Mediumship on our podcast. Love having you as a listener and really appreciate you taking the time out of your day.